Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. The game is over. And we're ready to break it down. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. And the Golden State Warriors are now 2-zip is the lead in the semifinals of the Western Conference after they beat the Pelicans tonight, 121-116. Chris Towns and Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson. We talked about it in the pregame, how this game was going to be tougher, but in the end, Matt, it was the same result, and they're heading to the Bayou up to nothing. Yeah, and Steph Curry was the story of the night. I mean, he was just spectacular. As he, I guess, often is when he comes back from an injury, 28 points tonight in 27 minutes. You know, the guy is just different than most basketball players. He's coming in, playing his first game in about, what, six, eight weeks, something like that. I've lost track. And he Five come, and a half weeks. Yeah, he comes in in the middle of the first quarter, and you figure he's going to run up and down a couple times, get loose, get his wind. And instead, on his very first possession, he basically hunts down a three-point shot right off the bat, makes it, and then about a minute later follows it up with a 30-footer that was just ridiculous. And the show was on. And and that's the electricity that he can bring to this team. This team is very good without him, but with him, they take it to another level. And also, just the just the entertainment value soars also. Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. The number is 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. If you were in the building tonight, I want you to give us a call and tell us what you were feeling because it was absolutely electric. Guru, this is what you and I both wanted to see. We didn't want to see Steph. We didn't want to see him start. I did mine because I want to see how you could control his minutes. You want the Willis Reed moment. We both got what we wanted. We set an over and under on 28 minutes. He almost got there. It did hit the under, 27-14. That actually did come up in Vegas, by the way. Vegas had his minutes up uh, as a prop bet, 25 and a half minutes. Wow, winner. But that was something you and I talked about. We wanted to see Steph come come from the bench go and, and get introduced and just watch the crowd go off, and they did not disappoint. Yeah, and Stani touched on it. It was a show. It was like Michael Jackson at the Apollo. I mean, the guy comes in, comes off a screen, and lets it fly, and he hits nothing but net, and it was spectacular. I've missed him. You think you missed him, and then when you watch him play, just his presence is breathtaking. But I will say this about the game. The Warriors were down in the fourth quarter, and I was shocked that it was this close. Anthony Davis didn't get to the free throw line once. That's a problem. But all in all, I think we do have a series. The Warriors gutted it out. Uh, great effort. Clay and KD, you know, you look on paper, they were okay, but they didn't have their normal game. But, again, I look at the three-point uh, field goal percentage, the rebounds, it's all even, but the free throws, 27-9 to in favor of the Golden State Warriors. And the Pelicans got to do something. They might be barking about non-calls, but they got to have 
uh, somebody that can put pressure on the Warrior defense or create their own shot to get a whistle. The number is 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. Whether you're at the game or weren't at the game, we want to hear from you. The Warriors are up 2-zip. And tonight was a very exciting game, and the Warriors have now won a franchise record for 14 straight home playoff games. It's one shy of the NBA record 15 set by the Bulls in 90-91. But they've won 14 straight home playoff games. And Steiny, you know, at times, as, as Cougars just said, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't a pretty basketball game. A lot of turnovers. The Pelicans had 14 turnovers that were turned to 22 points, while the Warriors had 17 turnovers turned to 22 points. And, yeah, some guys on the Warriors, Clay Thompson didn't have the same game, but it gets back to Steph Curry. I mean, the, the man electrifies an arena like none other. Yeah, and he's got a great supporting cast, too. Even where he uh, struggled a little bit with the turnovers, he had six in 27 minutes. But there's just so much firepower on this team. you got Durant, who has 29. And then tonight was one of those nights where Draymond hit two threes. He had five attempts, but the two threes he made were just huge because they were in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I want to say they bumped a two-point lead to an eight-point lead and kind of gave the Warriors control of the game. Up until that point, it was it was pretty much a seesaw game. And you look at the, the Pelicans, Davis is going to score, Holiday is going to score. You know, Rondo gets you 22 tonight, but that's the exception more than the rule. And you just go up and down. I mean, the Warriors have Iguodala giving them 15 on a night and once again he gets lost but Kavon Looney is really giving the Warriors something 23 minutes tonight eight and eight he doesn't stick out but if you'll notice when he defends Anthony Davis he stays pretty solid and Davis doesn't Davis doesn't abuse him like he does other defenders and so now you have Draymond Green defending Davis at times and Kevon Looney defending Davis at times. And you know what? Anthony Davis has 25 points. I'll take it. 12 for 24 without going to the free throw line? That's fine. That's a win for the Warriors. Yeah, and Kevon Looney, I, I'm running out of adjectives to describe him. 22 minutes, five rebounds. There were times Drew Holiday, he was guarding Drew Holiday, and you're like, uh-oh, but Drew couldn't get past him. I mean, this guy's making them some money. Hopefully he comes back in a Warrior uniform. I know people can throw more money at him than the Dubs, but right now he's a big part of what they're doing. And you look at the box score, both t- you talked about it. You said, you know what, Guru, the uh, Pelicans bench only has six points. But when you look at it, when it's all said and done, both teams had five guys in double figures. That's it? Well, that was something that I pointed out, and Tim Jordan, our – Wonderful and exciting and beautiful engineer with us tonight. He's a great guy. Uh, sitting next to us, I said to both you guys, it was almost the fourth quarter. I'm like, look, it was 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Their bench almost into the fourth quarter only had six points. And that's one of the problems with the uh, Pelicans. I mean, they just, they just don't have a lot of depth. And if you look at all the starters, I mean, every starter played at least 35 minutes Drew Holiday played 47 minutes tonight. Wow. 47 minutes for Drew Holiday. Can you win like that? I, I mean, you might be able to win a game or two, but I got to believe it's going to wear wear players down over the course of a series, especially a playoff series, because these games are pretty intense and these games are 
are filled with emotion and they're they're stressful type games. They could use another player or two, and maybe that player is DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know. But they certainly would like to have a little more depth than they have right now because they can't really go to anybody and expect anything from them. I mean, I thought Ian Clark was going to be able to play a little bit in this series, but it's almost like the Warriors know all about him and know how to attack him too. And so Alvin Gentry barely played him tonight but six minutes. So the Warriors, just plenty of weapons. Their defense was good enough when it had to be. And until you can slow them down, I mean, look, the Warriors have had 121 and 123 in the first two games. They're going to win those games. You know why? Because they don't give up that many points. And I realize they gave up 116 tonight, uh, plenty of those in the fourth quarter late. But they just have they, they just are too solid on both ends of the floor. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1, KGMZ San Francisco, the radio home for every Warriors playoff game. Every playoff game will be right here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, you start to wonder, too, now where we are, and we want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. How much fun you had tonight at Oracle watching these games. Or, you know, maybe there's some things that you didn't like about this game because obviously certain Warriors weren't so efficient. Um, but you have to think about the mindset heading to New Orleans. We, we laughed about it earlier where we said we, we understand how every game what's said. Now it's going to be, well, it's not a series until you win uh, on, the, on the visitor's floor in game three. But I don't know. New Orleans, I don't know what their mindset's going to be. Well, it, it better be we got to get a win or we're, we're up you-know-what creek. But uh, I told Stani today, this afternoon, that I was surprised that the Pelicans didn't play a more bruising style. They, they weren't Olivia Newton-John. They were not physical. And tonight... They got it. The game got a little chippy, and they had leads, you know, more than once. And I'm just saying, on a on their home court, if they were to get, you know, those opportunities, we could see a game go down to the actual wire. So I'm not here barking that this is over. It's not, but you know, if you're the Pelicans, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Like, look, we play two games on the home floor. Mainly this game here, they had an eight point lead. Uh, we had eleven lead changes. I just expect, you know, a, a, a shot, a real shot come Friday night, and the question is can the Warriors hold up once they receive it? Uh, let me tell you what's going to happen on Friday. What's going to happen on Friday is they're going to go into New Orleans, and the crowd is going to be sky high. And the Pelicans are going to come out, and they're going to play like their hair's on fire. And they're going to get calls. And the reason they're going to get calls is because if you look at the officiating through two games – The Warriors have shot 59 free throws to the Pelicans, 20. Mm. And because we're Warrior fans, we're used to hearing uh, how the Warriors don't get the fair whistle. Well, the the reality is Warriors have had a great whistle these first two games at home. And I guarantee you, I I haven't heard what Alvin Gentry has said yet, but I guarantee you he has said something about the officiating in the postgame Uh, press conference, just like a Phil Jackson would, just like all the great coaches do. And he's planting the seed about how his star player doesn't get any calls, which is Anthony Davis, who played 43 minutes tonight and doesn't go to the foul line. So the Warriors are going to have to withstand the crowd, the emotion, 
and possibly the officiating Friday night. That's what I see happening. Almost sounds like a rigged card game. Well, but they're going to, let me tell you, the, the Pelicans are going to come out and probably play harder than they did here. And what they say is the aggressor gets the benefit of the whistle. And maybe that's all that happened to the Warriors tonight. But I do anticipate the Pelicans are going to come out and uh, and play even more physical on Friday and play a little bit a little bit more of an intense game too. Do you feel like the Pelicans got jobbed on some calls? Because there's not too many things in my mind plays to where I was like, oh, that was a foul from well, a from a Pelican perspective. Where oh, they should have got that call, Stani. Yeah, I thought Anthony Davis. I mean, if you're going to call Steph Curry when he leans in. Uh, out on out in the top of the floor, if Steph Curry can get seven free throws and he doesn't play inside at all, uh, Anthony Davis is going up for turnaround jumpers. He's in the paint all night long. I find it hard to believe that he can't. He doesn't go to the line one time. Put it this way: uh, How do you think Pelicans fans feel about Anthony Davis going to the line zero times? I guarantee you, they're they not thought, happy. They I thought he got fouled. Yeah, yeah. It's time to hear from the fans, brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nation's. Let's start off tonight. Bleacher Dave leaving Oracle. You're on 95.7. Oh, man, six down, ten to go, huh? Wow. That was one heck of a ball game. I tell you what, the New Orleans Pelicans came to play, and they played a brilliant game. I mean, they look, look at those... Uh, points in the paint. It was, what, 68 to 38 or something? 66 to 38, something like that. I mean, every time they completely... Six, yeah, 66 38. Wow, that's, yeah. that's incredible. And then he's 66 points in the paint and nine free throws. They might even have more of a gripe than I thought, Bleacher Dave, the Pelicans, with the officiating. Look, you think you don't have a gripe? Do you see Draymond take down Anthony Davis and lock his leg up and roll him over? <laughs> That's a great, man. Uh, combined with the way he pushed them down past the baseline last game and held them beyond the baseline while the Warriors ran up. But look, that's what you get when you're the champs and you're playing at home and you got it going like that. I mean, the Warriors have earned this dominant position. Is it fair? Is it right? I think there were some more calls in the paint, particularly on Anthony Davis, that I was like, wow, that's a foul. And the Warriors are going the other way. Chalk it up. You know, there's plenty of times when we've seen Warriors, no Warriors fans not get them. I want to give the Pelicans a lot of credit because this was a game with Steph coming back and, oh, man, is that fairy tale stuff? He comes out and hits the first three and then makes – I think he made his first six in a row. And that was phenomenal. And Drew Holiday would not let the Pelicans fall out of the game. So my last comments are Kevin Durant's got to punish Drew Holiday when he's on him, not just waiting for the fourth quarter to win. And finally, we're going to talk about Steph. For me, the story of tonight was Draymond Green. He, he blocked AD at a key point, started some rally. He held him down. He played really, really well, I think, distributing the ball. Um, and, and his engagement and focus in the playoffs so far, I think, are the key difference between the lethargic wars we saw in the regular season and this championship team we're seeing now. Let's stay wet, baby. Draymond Green tonight finished with 20 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, his third straight Double-double, 34th career double-double in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, the way he is playing, the way he is up to his game. One rebound from a triple-double. I mean, Draymond Green special. I mean, there, I mean, and, and now you're seeing 
You know, guys going 40 minutes, it's playoff basketball. Hey, you got a few days to rest. Get after it. Yeah, when him and AD got in that skirmish, I'm sorry, I had a flashback to the finals game five. I didn't like it. You know, when the bodies and legs were kicking in the air, I didn't know how the refs were going to take it. But uh, it all worked out well. But dude's in a zone right now. He's created his own niche in this league. And right now, I mean, he's flying. And he does it different than the other, the big three with Steph Clay and KD. He's a special dude, man. Just the 42nd time we saw all four All-Stars together on the floor this season. You know, one thing with the officiating, I'm not saying the officiating was bad or it favored the Warriors. Uh, I thought the Warriors got a nice whistle. Uh, all, all I'm saying is Alvin Gentry is going to bring up the officiating. No doubt. I'm not saying the refs stunk or the refs favored the Warriors, but Alvin Gentry is going to bring up the officiating. As for Drew Holiday, I mean, he is a he is a fantastic defender. And I think what happened in the ballgame tonight is through the first three quarters, he was keeping Kevin Durant out on the perimeter just a little bit. And Holiday's got some size and he's got some length. Obviously not like Durant, but he can challenge him a little bit. And he's got quickness over Durant. And he did a real nice job against Durant. He just makes him a little uncomfortable. But in the fourth quarter, Durant got deeper. Durant got into the low post. And that's a different ball game. Uh, then he's going to need some help, Drew Holiday. And I don't think they gave him enough help. And I remember a couple buckets on the baseline where you really can't put Holiday on an island down there. You can put him on an island on the perimeter, and he'll probably uh, he'll probably be fine. But in the low post, he's going to need some help. And sure enough, Durant makes you know has a big fourth quarter, and he makes two big posts up post ups to uh, to keep the Warriors in control. And we saw the Spurs; they couldn't hit a three pointer. They couldn't hit the side of a barn. It's funny that the uh, the Pelicans outshot the Warriors from three. Both teams made thirteen, but. Uh, you think about Friday night, I'm eager to see. Stani talked about they'll come out, the Pelicans, with their hair on fire. But my question and what I'm eager to see is how the Warriors respond on the road to that hostile environment and a pretty damn good Pelican team with some offensive firepower. Uh, you're on your last legs. Yeah. I mean, you came in feeling really good about yourself. You're leaving here. You had a chance tonight, Townie. You're leaving Oakland down to zip. I mean, it's just it's just a reality. Two zip, three zip. These are this puts you way behind the eight ball. So we can talk about effort. We can talk about a lot of different things. But right now, when you're down in a series like this to the world champs, you're behind the eight ball. Absolutely. I mean, we saw this with the Spurs. I thought the, I thought the Pelicans were more competitive in Game Two than the Spurs were in Game Two. Uh, Spurs gave the Warriors a game for a half, and the Pelicans pretty much stayed with the Warriors all night so they have some they have some reason to feel pretty good back in new orleans at least and like i said they're at home so this is a this is the closest thing to a must win you can have before getting eliminated and i think they know that if they don't win friday they're they're basically going to be eliminated but if they can win friday then you make game four interesting. That's that's their goal right now. Just win Friday so that game four on Sunday means something. Where's that number now? Last time I checked it, it teams that are up 3 nothing. <laughs> it was 128 yeah. now. I just know the one side is zero. Yes. Wow. That's all I know. Zero. So when you say looking at history, 
And looking at Friday's game, yes, it is a must-win. I guess so. I guess so. Although it's going to happen at some point. We just don't know when. Warriors with the win, 121-116. to 116. We want to hear from you at 888 That's 888 And one guy really stepped it up tonight we got to talk about. And also, maybe when you start to look at the box score, you really start to realize the refs did play a big part in this game. We'll talk about it right here on the home of the Warriors. That's 95-7 the game. That noise you hear is the crowd coming to a standing ovation. Stephen Curry trying to check in here. Curry curling off a screen, catches left side, shoots a shot. It's up and good. A free ball for Curry. And just like that, he is welcome back. Now takes a dribble, takes a 30-footer. Holiday was out there. He, he just didn't think he would shoot from that distance. Nobody thought he would shoot from that distance except him. Curry puts the ball ahead. Pulls up downtown. Curry knocked it down again. Curry with a strike of pose. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on the home of every Warriors playoff game. 95-7 the game. The guy is pure greatness. Warriors with the win, 121 to 116. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo, Smart Home Security. Chris Towns and Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson. Let's get out to the phone calls once again. Nico in Oakland, welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, thanks, guys. I just want to say thanks for taking my call, first of all. Um, I want to talk about what tonight was like for me, a uh, season ticket holder of seven years, and uh, I was there, and I want to talk about one particular moment. I don't think I have to uh, make you guess what it was, but it was when Steph entered the game for the first time, and uh, to me it wasn't even about basketball. I mean, when he walked on the floor, when the crowd took to their feet, it was about one thing. It was just one thing only, and that's love. And the collective love that was expressed by the loyal fans of Oracle of the Bay Area was comparable to only one thing, and that's when Shadow, the golden retriever in uh, the movie Homeward Bound, defies all odds and finds his way back to his family. It's like Steph was finding his way back to his family. I got to tell you, man, I, I was emotional. I was emotional, and, and I think that that really helped propel him to make the shot that he made when he first entered the floor because he felt that love. He felt that family. It wasn't even about basketball, man. It's all about love, Stein. Well, let me tell you, some, let me tell you something about Homeward deep. Bound. The movie's overrated. Wow. Homeward Bound is, wow. is overrated. I think that's the one with Michael J. Fox voicing one of the animals, either the dog or the cat. I'm trying to think who did the dog. That's a stretch. Come on, give me that. It's a the stretch. Beatles once hey. said, all you need is love. Yeah. Steph, uh, man, it was special tonight. It really was. You got what you wanted. No, That's what you wanted to see. I will say this. The standing O was, it's not what I, it was there, but, you know, it wasn't a 10. You know, if, if people wanted to see him play basketball. It wasn't about, they, the injury's over. He Just to come out and hit the first shot again, man, I just, watching him dribble and watching him think on the basketball court and what he means for everybody else, it's like a wizard, just watching a wizard, you know, just do his thing on the hardwood. It's special, Townie, and if there's any doubt, um, who of the Jackson 5 when you talk about this warrior dynasty or whatnot, it's Steph Curry, man. It is Stephen Curry. Let's go to Henry in Oakland. Welcome to the game. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. We kind of ride to Coach L and Nico. Um, we were at home watching the myself and family. We 
stood up and clapped. It is about Steph, man. It was just beautiful for him to come out and make that shot, and we all were excited. It's just lovely to, you know, see Curry work, man. But we need to tighten up on our defense down the stretch, man. We got kind of brain freeze here, and it was kind of frightening a little bit. Like, they went lazy on us. Uh, Warriors. Yeah, they they got a little uh, they like they got a little complacent. Uh, question I have though is is was anybody else thinking about homeward bound when when that Curry was... checked in? Yes. No, you weren't. It was like one of my first. No, thoughts. you were not. You mentioned it. No, you were not. I said it to Tim Jordan yeah. over the sixteen dollar chow mein. I said, "Doesn't this remind you?" And he said, "Yes." Okay. That, you know, it, it more reminded me of Willis Reed than uh, Don Amici, who was in. It was one of the voices, also. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, right now it's Gandhi or Steph. You know, Steph is bad. Dude, dude is amazing. He, I mean, he is. He's listen electrifying. To, listen to what people are saying. They stood up at home, and I get it. I understand it. I had goosebumps, but I mean, he's up there with Gandhi right now. This dude's a god, man. Man, it's special. Homeward Bound and Gandhi. Where's this show going? <laughs> at Triple Eight Nine Five Seven Ninety Five Seven. You know, he's your star. And whenever you don't have your star, it sucks. You name the sport. You don't have your great quarterback. You don't have your great running back. You go into a seven game series in baseball and you don't have your best hitter, your best pitcher. It's just it's rough. But he's a good guy too though, Townie. Some of this is the makeup of who he is. Like, people believe, like, this is not a phony. This guy's real. He stands for something. Steiny, it's a beautiful thing. And when you got people like that with character, people root for you and want to see good things happen. I just think it's bigger than basketball. I think people are happy and blessed that the star in the face of the franchise is in the hands of a guy that really gets it and is not taking it for granted. No, and, and I think – one thing that I've talked a lot about, and Matt, you and I really felt it when we were doing the coverage of the parade last year. And Matt and I, for what, seven hours, we sat in front of that stage, and then they all came up, and you realized it's legit that top to bottom, everybody loves each other, cares about each other. And that's just something that has been special about this group, because normally, let's face it, there's going to be a few people on the team that don't get along, that don't see eye to eye. And really with this team, it doesn't appear that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, your brothers at some point, your brother can be a pain in the you-know-what. You get tired of him. But, you know, there's something special about this group and how they react to each other, how they care about each other. When you could look at and say, well, if this guy left, he could make more money. and He could be the star here. And this guy could leave and it's the same way here. And they don't care about that. They care about playing and winning with each other. Yeah, no, it's a different kind of group in that respect. And I've said it uh, for a few years now. They are the one of the rare teams where their stars uh, make each other better. Usually, usually if you have three or four stars, they don't really complement each other. I mean, just look at look at uh, Oklahoma City with Carmelo and George and, and Westbrook. Well, they don't really complement each other all that well. And you can go around the league with a bunch of the teams, but the Warriors have it all. They got shooters in the backcourt. They got a dynamic 
front court scorer in Kevin Durant. They got a dirty work guy and an emotional leader in Draymond Green. I mean, they just have all the boxes checked. And now they're gaining experience playing with one another uh, because this is their second year together. So, yeah, they stick they, they stick together. It's going to take another – it's going to take – LeBron James teaming up with somebody for this team to get beat, I think. I'm a big comparison guy, so I'm, I'm going to throw this out to you. Um, the Warriors have a variety of, of guys that have different skill sets and how they match. But Steinia reminds me of the Detroit Pistons when they had Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, and Rasheed Wallace. It just was – they matched, if, if that makes any sense. It's a puzzle where all the Man, pieces it's just fit. a good yeah. fit, and that's what they got here. It's kind of like you with us. Yeah. It's just a good fit. It works. Well, thanks. I mean, just <laughs> just a reality. Yeah. No, it's it's cool to watch because there's a. Did you show me the photo of Bonds? Yes. That seemed like I didn't know if Steph got emotional on that. But that that that's a great example. Barry Bonds was a first class a hole to everybody. Barely had any friends in the game. Mm. He's like the total opposite end of what Steph Curry is as as a star player and a leader. That clubhouse for the Giants was always toxic and on edge because of Barry. That locker room is about fun, love, because it's at Steph's. (sighs) It's amazing you can have two great athletes who are with each other tonight and they're polar opposites of each other. I covered the Barry Bonds there, and let me tell you something. That clubhouse, <laughs> just amazing. every single year we try and get ex-Giants to come on and talk about him going to the hot, and a lot of them go, I want no part of it. To where Steph Curry is loved. All right, triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. We'll continue with the with your phone calls, and John Dickinson's going to be coming up from the locker room. That's all coming up right here on Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Rondo and Draymond Green. That's what you want to call it? <laughs> what do you want to call it, Chuckster? I just want somebody to punch him in the face. Which, Which one? one? <laughs> American Express halftime report. I really do. I just want somebody to punch him in the face. Why you don't like Draymond? I want to punch him in the face. Why you don't like Draymond? I'm just telling you, I want to punch his ass in the face. I do. Why? Why? Black what truck. makes you upset? You ask me a question. I'll give you a lot of guys talk on TV. Um, stand behind a microphone and a TV screen. fact of the matter is, if, if you feel that strongly about something, he's seen me a million times. If he feel that strongly about it, then punch me in my face when you see me. If you're not going to punch me in my face when you see me, then shut up. It's no different than somebody sitting behind a computer screen tweeting, I'll knock you out and you never see him in life. Well, he's seen me a bunch of times and he'll see me again this year. Punch me in the face when you see me or if not, no one cares what you would have done. You old and it is what it is. So if you ain't going to punch me when you see me, then stop talking about it. Period. Drop the mic. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on the home of every Warriors playoff game. 95-7, the game. Millennials, they're so cute. They so respond to everything. That was the definition of black-on-black crime right there. He knew, he knew, is this John Dickinson joins us here. It's Warriors Wrap-Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Is it true, and by the way, Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, and Daryl the Guru Johnson, John Dickinson from the locker room, J.D., by the time he got to the podium, 
did Draymond Green already know what Charles Barkley had said? Yes. <laughs> he did. I can confirm. It's unbelievable. Are you surprised? You well, sound surprised. Apparently yeah. his mom had a back and forth. Oh. Of course. It was about it on Twitter. Millennial parents are going to protect their kids like no other. Oh, my God. It's ugly. The the parents get involved, and it's Twitter, and, and it's back and forth. I'll it's, give Draymond credit. I mean, oh. he shot the, that down quickly. Like He didn't want it to turn into anything about his mom, and I think that's part of maybe the reason why he had such a quick, strong response because the question was kind of posed to him as, hey, you know, Charles said this. He was like, yeah, I heard. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a back and forth with your mom, and I think maybe when he kind of heard that, he, he just was like, you know what, I'm going to just – have a real strong response and not have this be about mom, obviously. Yeah, yeah but and, and Barkley was passionate Barkley. about that. Tech. You know, usually he's laughing. He was really in his feelings about Draymond there. Strange. What are athletes going to be like in 20 years? A little bit of a salty post game tonight down in the press conference room. You had, you had Draymond there. A lot of questions about Rondo and Draymond and that exchange. Nobody was having any of that. Nobody was taking the debate or biting on that. Not Alvin Gentry, not Rondo, not Draymond Green, just two competitors going at it. Little hint of some issue on the Pelican side with the free throw discrepancy in the first couple of games of the series. I, I kind of thought Alvin Gentry might go off on a little bit of a tangent as he's done in the past about it to try and bring a lot of attention to it. Didn't quite happen. Uh, it was addressed a little bit by Rondo and, and Anthony Davis. And then you had Anthony Davis was asked about Draymond Green being just a terror on the boards in the first couple of games of this series. And and Anthony Davis kind of paused and and actually cursed under his breath. like, And then he said, well, he's the only big on that team that plays. Somebody's got to rebound. And Rondo looked more offended about it sitting in the middle of Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis than, than Davis even was. And Davis was pretty ticked off about it. So kind of an odd Room, it's starting to feel a little bit more like a playoff series. Well, let's get into the free throws because in the first game it was thirty-two to eleven in favor of Golden State. I don't know, that's pretty big. And then this game it was twenty-seven to nine. I mean, you look; both teams made thirteen threes. Actually, the Pelicans made more field goals in the game than Golden State. The big difference in this game is free throws. No doubt. And the Pelicans feel they've been aggressive enough in the first couple of games, and especially tonight, to maybe warrant a few more free throw attempts. And we were talking about this briefly during the break. I kind of made the point to Matt earlier as well, to Steiny. I said, you know, there's always that one game where in a playoff series, it just feels like the the officiating just completely gets flipped. If it's going one way for one game, that that other team that maybe hadn't been getting the calls or felt they hadn't been getting the calls gets a bunch of calls. And the way this series is with the Warriors up 2-0 and it's going to New Orleans and the Pelican season's on the line Friday night in New Orleans, it just has a little bit of that feel like maybe that's going to be the game where the officials review everything and they decide, all right, the Pelicans are going to get a little bit more of a whistle. And I'm sure the Pelicans are – they want to be more aggressive in this thing as well. Well, you know, I didn't think the I didn't think the officiating was bad. I didn't either, and I didn't necessarily think the Pelicans got hosed. But the Warriors got a good whistle. If you look at the fouls, they're almost even, nineteen to eighteen. It's the free throws where there's a discrepancy. Uh, 
But that's that's what the Pelicans they they have every right to question the officiating. Well, and I'll just say this: I, I the one thing I will say, just going back to Game One, guys, it looked like the Pelicans were having a real difficult time guarding the Warriors without fouling them. To me, so I I thought as far as a lot of the fouls the Pelicans committed on the defensive end, I thought a lot of those calls, if not all of them, were absolutely warranted. They just looked like they were a step slow or step off, and then they'd reach or they'd be in the wrong, they'd be out of position and, and get you know called for fouls there. I think the other side is more where they have a little bit of an issue. Well, let's hear from Steve Kerr, the head coach of your Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr, brought to you by Farah. Check out Farah.com and discover a new way to sell your home that's completely free for sellers. Well, we knew we wanted to play him 25 minutes or so. Um, Not so much um, based on his knee, but based on his conditioning. And um, we played really well in game one, um, so we decided to stick with Nick in the starting lineup and then just play uh, Steph in Quinn Cook's minutes and then just kind of pick it up from there and see how it went. So it, 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 I would say it played out as I expected. Uh, I knew I would play him more than you know what we planned. Um, I think we planned on 24 and he got to 27, but uh, he was, uh, you know, he was Steph. Uh, he, he doesn't take long to warm up, that's for sure. you guys do coming out of halftime to kind of keep keep the momentum and, and pick up the defense it seemed uh, going on? Well, I, I didn't think we were nearly as good tonight defensively as we were in game one, and, and we talked about it at halftime to, about picking it up. Um, and we knew New Orleans was going to come at us, you know. Um, game two, this is uh, very predictable. After a blowout in game one, you know the other team's coming at you. I've seen it a million times, and the way New Orleans comes at you is in transition. They had 20 fast break points in the first half, so we were not ready for their force, and that's what we talked about at halftime. Steve, you always said that Draymond, you want him on the edge. He's best when he's on the edge. When you saw him early yelling in Miritich's face and going at it with Rondo, did you like to see that, and did it tell you about where Draymond's mindset was this game? Um, I do like to see it, as long as there's no technical involved, but... uh, you know, I thought those two threes he had to start the fourth quarter were probably the two biggest shots of the game because we were uh, kind of struggling and ball uh, the ball found its way to, to Draymond. And um, so those were big shots that gave us a little bit of a lead. But uh, Draymond's been just phenomenal uh, throughout the playoffs. I think he's uh, he's been saving himself for the playoffs. You know, it's a long regular season, especially after three straight trips to the finals. And uh, you can tell the difference in the intensity from uh, from a lot of our guys, but uh, Draymond in particular. Yeah, Draymond Green. And the great Raymond Ritter was just here to tell us that he was one rebound away from being the first Warrior ever to go back-to-back triple-doubles in the playoffs. Never Has never happened before for a Warrior. Or a Golden State Warrior. There's a lot of records that this team has put away in the last three to five years, especially if it's a playoff type of record, because there's not a lot to uh, uh, to beat from the past, because this team hasn't been to the playoffs a lot in terms of their history. Uh, Draymond was really good again tonight. 
And, you know, it's funny. I, I was I thought tonight he was protected a little bit by the officials. I really do. I, I thought he gets into it with Anthony Davis with their legs tangle up. He squares off with Rondo, and I realize it was at halftime, but that, that can't happen during a game. Uh very demonstrative all game long with the wave off and the I mean he he takes it to the limit with the officials and if there's anybody out there that says that the officials have it in for Draymond Green show him this game tonight and and the fact that he can walk off this floor without one technical foul or one flagrant you tell me how they're out to get Draymond Green. That's all I'm going to say. Do you think that's why Barkley was so passionate about what he was saying? Maybe he saw the same. I'm just Look, if you're not a Warrior fan, you watch Draymond Green tonight and you say he's a jerk. I mean, it's, let's just lay it on the line. Warrior fans love him. 29 other fans hate him. 29 other teams' fans hate him. That's the way it is, and I don't think he'd want it any other way, to tell you the truth. And he lo- you know what? Good for him. That's what he feeds off of. That's that's what makes him. That's what turns him into a really good player. Uh, when he when he kind of gets that wound up and yet still a little bit under control. I, I just you know I, I just thought he could have easily gotten a technical tonight. He could have easily uh, you know got something could have happened with with the Anthony Davis thing. Something could have happened with a Rondo thing. And you know what? He you know. Friday's going to be interesting because now it's in New Orleans. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens there. He is an old-school player. You know, back in the day, they played a physical brand of basketball. Everybody did. Even the bad teams played a physical brand. And when you were a physical player, let's just say a villain-like guy, you didn't give a crap what everybody else thought. But no one was ripping you on Twitter or Facebook or none of that was happening. I mean, back in the day, everybody was physical. Yeah, and I will say this. He's doing a man's job. He's being a bully, but I've yet to see a player try to counteract that, to get in his face and try to take it to the next level, not advocating fighting. It's like Draymond has some respect, like street cred on the court to where, okay, in your face, but I'm going to walk back over here and we'll get back to playing basketball to where the Charles Oakleys and the Xavier McDaniels, they'll knock on your door. You want to come out and play? Let's play. And then, uh, you know, all hell would break loose. Draymond, people get mad and irritated, but I think that's why Barkley was so into his fillers because nobody's ticket to the next level. Yeah, and I, I just think, look, if, if Draymond, if this was 25 years ago, and Draymond Green was going up against Charles Barkley. There, there were probably would be a fight. It just that's just the way it is. Or if he was going up against some of those Knicks teams or the Heat teams from twenty years ago it was the big twentieth anniversary. I think a couple of days ago, the Knicks Heat brawl where Jeff Van Gundy was grabbing Alonzo Mourning's leg. Or Can you imagine Oakley doing what he did tonight with Miritich with Oakley. You mean screaming in his face? Can you imagine Charles Oakley? <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, that's incredible self-control by Miritich. Although Draymond Green, to his point, you know, I I think he had a point. I mean, Miritich was kind of lingering. He was kind of hanging around uh, close to him, like asking for that. So I I don't – that one, to me, Miritich had a a, – 
rolling. To me, it's just the beauty of the playoffs. The whole thing is the beauty of the playoffs. The fact that you can question what, what was right or wrong, or did somebody get too much rope. I mean, during the regular season, we're never doing that. During the regular season, it's about, well, that was a technical, and that was a flagrant, and this guy got kicked out, and now somebody's not going to play the next game. For the most part, that doesn't happen in the playoffs. And I, I, I thought the, the competitiveness, the chippiness, the edginess of the game tonight, it, it feels like maybe we've got a series here moving forward. Well, I will say this. It's nice to see the players caring. Care a little more. Games mean a little more. They care. Uh, problem is, JD, 128 0 when you're down, uh, when you're up 3 zip. So, as Steiny said, we, you, you don't want to call it a must win for New Orleans, but history proves it. This is a must win for them on Friday. Well, and look, from the Warriors' point of view, it's all about going there and ending. It's, it's, yeah. it's going there, withstand an early punch. It's going to be the toughest game on Friday and, for the Warriors. And try and end it, you know, point blank. And, you know, look, it's completely different teams. But you go back three years ago, the Warriors played, what, the game three there? They got down big. They came all the way back. Stephen Curry hit a three late uh, to tie that game, and I think the Warriors ended up winning it in overtime. That was game three, and it winds up being a sweep at, at that point in time. You're going to get the best shot of the Pelicans. You know, we, we talked about it on the Warriors warm-up. Game two, a lot different from game one. And it, while the Warriors wound up winning this one going away, or at least it looked like they were going to until the final couple of minutes, a lot of awkwardness with some turnovers and the Pelicans hit some shots. But you start to look at it, and, and you know you're going to get that last gasp of a team on Friday night. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. You go end it. That's it, what you do. It's now time for Play of the Game, brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Holiday steps back. He launches a three. That's no good. Draymond Green with a rebound. He wants to run. Down the lane. Goes by Miritich. Flipped it up and in. And a foul. And now Miritich and Draymond nose to nose. Draymond just celebrating his basket. Miritich turns away. Draymond's got to be careful. Remember, he already has a flagrant in this postseason. Well, he was he was just saying that right in Miritich's face. Miritich now knows what flavor mouthwash Draymond Green uses. <laughs> <laughs> Minty fresh, we hope. And if you're going to have a play of the game, you've got to have a stop of the game. Stop of the game, also brought to you by Quick Stop Markets. Fill up and load up at Quick Stop. Etwan Moore dribbling in traffic. Jump pass deflected away by Iguodala. It's a foot race. Andre's got it. Goes up and misses the dunk. Oh, it went in. It bounced off the rim high in the air. It went in. He got fouled by Rondo. Oh, Amazing. Rondo never gave up on the play. Iguodala goes for the dunk and hits the back of the rim, but in a perfect spot where it just climbs straight up and swish on the way down. Jim, I don't ever recall seeing that, ever. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And speaking of Andre Iguodala, the fact that he poured in 15 on a night, J.D., when Clay really struggled. He was terrific. Yeah, they made up for it. And Clay, 4 for 20, uh, 10 points, not his best game, 2 of 11 for 3. They made up for it, obviously, uh, with Andre Iguodala's 15. And Draymond Green, I think, helped make up for it as well. I mean, Draymond Green doesn't have a lot of nights where he goes for 20. But he went for 20 tonight as well and knocked down a couple of threes. You know, Steve Kerr said he thought the two threes, the back-to-back threes, right before Stephen Curry came out of the game there early in the fourth quarter, 
put them up eight. They're able to get Curry a little bit of a rest, and hitting those two threes was huge because, as the Pelicans did all night, when Curry took a seat on the bench, they took the game over. <laughs> and if the war, if that had been a tie game or a one point game, and Curry had to, you knew he was going to sit down at some point. The Pelicans might have been up five, six points when Curry came back into the game. We might be talking about a whole different outcome. But him making those shots and giving the Warriors a little separation, that allowed them to extend again once Curry came back. Yeah, a couple things I just thought of. You know, Clay Thompson was two for 11 from three-point range, and one of the two was a bank that he didn't even mean to bank uh, right before the halftime buzzer. He didn't call glass? Townie did. No, he didn't call <laughs> well, glass. Well, and Iguodala had the, the missed dunk that turned into a hoop yeah exactly uh if there's one negative in this game i think and i don't want to be too critical but i think steve kerr's trying to get a little too cute with nick young i mean i don't i don't understand why he's playing nick young i realize that curry okay wanted but i mean come on nick young has done nothing to deserve to start on this team. Not one thing. In the first two games, he's been bad. He's been the only, one of the few minus guys on the team. Um, you know, it, it's it's all fun in games until you play Varejao in, in a game seven or Festus Azili in a game seven and it ends up costing you. I, I, I got a little bit of a problem with Nick Young starting. I, I you know, it's it's... It's not going to end up biting them. They're probably going to get away with it. It's not going to matter. But I don't think there's any sound basketball reason to start Nick Young in a playoff game. And I thought it created a little bit of a weird vibe, the decision to not start Curry at the beginning of the game because there was just this anticipation of when is he going to come in. And I think we all thought it was going to be in the first three, four minutes, and it wound up being nearly eight minutes. And the Warriors are behind, and they're down seven, and the game's kind of getting away from them a little bit. And you're thinking, just start Curry. And you look at Curry go plus 26 on the night, and you're thinking, if you just start him, maybe this game doesn't get to a couple of pivot points where – you could have lost it. So I would fully expect Curry to be back in there. Steve Kerr did say after the game that, hey, it worked in game one. He thought they played well, so he stuck with it at least at the beginning. I'm kind of with you, Matt. I think that was a mistake, let's say, to not just roll your best guys out there from the jump. And I wonder what we're going to see Friday. The Pelicans, I think they tried to send a message. They took a flagrant foul, and there were two other hard fouls. It could have been flagrant. And Steph Curry was fantastic, but he was on the ground a few times. And I'm curious just to see how that body responds because Steph had to get picked up picked back up off the mat a few times. Uh, I guess that's good he made it through. But uh, I think it's going to get you talk about they're desperate, they're hungry come Friday, the Pelicans. And I wonder if we'll see some cheap shots or some hard fouls. I'm just worried about J.D. going to New Orleans. JD's, the Bayou. J.D.'s heading to New Orleans. Bourbon Street, Look J.D. He's smiling. He's Look ready. How'd you, get, how'd you swing that? Uh, yeah, very impressive. Well wow. done. That's the kind, well type of guy done. he is. <laughs> well, Ballmer. you know what? If J.D., I think he – I don't know if he has Arlo or he doesn't have Arlo, but the beauty is is when he goes to New Orleans – he will still be able 
to check on his apartment. I'll be able to see the whole apartment exactly. with one camera. Exactly. <laughs> I almost think we need to have Arlo on you down on Bourbon Street. We <laughs> need we, to have yeah, Arlo. We'll keep try, We'll keep checking <laughs> up on J.D., yes. make sure he's safe and sound. I need my smart home security camera constantly on J.D., and if the camera was on J.D., I'd be able to follow him everywhere in New Orleans, and the two-way audio would allow me to talk to J.D. as the camera followed him, saying, J.D., that's a poor decision. I would think <laughs> Twice about that. And That's J- what I would if do. If JD's in shoot around and sees any stray jackets, just leave below. Yeah. J- just leave JD, below. JD can get back to you and respond and say, no, you know what? I think it's a good decision, Townie. I think it's a good decision to go out and stay out for another one or two. And as I'm on my couch in San Jose and he's in New Orleans with the two-way talk, I can say, JD, 4 a.m. is not a good time to be making decisions. <laughs> you need to head back to your room. That's all I'm saying. You go to Arlo.com. That's Arlo.com. And you want to put your hands on it, you go to Best Buy. Yes, Arlo is in Best Buy. You can go tomorrow and check it out. This is the premier home security. It is the best. Peace of mind. It's all about Arlo. We absolutely love it. Check them out at Arlo.com. Or you go to Best Buy. Tomorrow, Joe Lowen Dibb, 6 to 10. John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers. Tim Roy, the elevation sensation. Michael Thompson and Jaron Collins. Steiny and Guru will be on tomorrow. You will have Tim Bontemps. Afternoon Delight will have Anthony Slater, the saintly one at Kalina for the basketball hour, 1 to 2. And Bob Myers at 2 o'clock. It's a Warriors Wednesday. Damon Bruce will have Mark Spears and Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr will be at 5 o'clock, and then I'll get you ready for A's baseball at 6.15, A's and the Mariners. That's going to do it from Oracle. The Warriors are up 2-zip on the Pelicans after they beat them 121-116. to We'll see you all tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.